0: Hello, guys. You're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive.
1: Hello, everyone. We're back again with our workplace series here. It's uh, Trace Face and Narcon. And uh, we're happy to be here. And I'm going to sort of facilitate this one, Paula, if that's cool with you, because uh, I know you've got a lot of stuff to bring to the table on this one. And this is uh this is when you guys are managers, and you have to unfortunately manage a uh, narcissist employee, who, as we know, I mean, when you th- when you guys think about a narcissist, and you think about all their traits, and now you have to manage these people. These people resist authority; <laughs> mm-hmm. they resist change, right, Paula? So yeah. this is this is going to be difficult. And I've been there, you've been there. Uh, And uh, I'd like to weigh in with, with you on your experience with this, Paula. Um, For those of you that uh, have not seen, or maybe you're new to the channel, please check out NARC con N A R C C O N. That is Paula's channel here uh, that you should definitely check out and watch her videos because they've helped, uh, me tremendously, and they've helped so many people in this community. Uh, you're just you just speak so eloquently, and you you know what you're talking about, and that's what you're a down to earth person that gets this stuff, Paula, and and people can see that about you. You're very authentic and genuine, and um, I'm I'm I've got cat fur all around me. I'm doing this. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's time for vacuuming today. <laughs> With three cats, you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, Paula, maybe you could uh maybe you could start by telling us uh how do you know that you have these people underneath you as employees when your your responsibility is to manage all of them? And how sort of do you do you do you put two and two together that uh-oh, I think I, I think I got a narc on my hands or narcs
0: plural. On my hands right now. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for that really nice welcome, Trace. Um, I've been a big fan of yours for a very long time. This would be a mutual admiration society, but um, I really you really helped me so much. So thanks a million. Um yeah. Okay, yeah. So how do you me. know you've a narcissist um employee? It's kind of it creeps up on you, I think, um, from my own personal experience. It starts off, it's, it's so relatable to the romantic relationship with the narcissist because it, it really starts off great with them. In fact, I'd say it's too good to be true. And when you're saying that to yourself, you know, listen to yourself because it is too good to be true. So, so this was my experience. They'll come into the workplace and they will be the best employee you've probably ever put through your hands that was my experience you know yes. leave how much how so supportive they are you know they they'll do anything you ask they'll make suggestions they'll do overtime um and they'll really win you over and what they're trying to do at this stage is the love bomb and it is trying to make you dependent on them and what I have found in my experience is they will try to be your number one man or woman, and they will actually go against other workers in the workplace to diminish them in, in the boss's eyes. And even if a new person comes in or other people that have been there will make the other people's lives so bad that those people will leave And then you're more dependent on them. Again, it mirrors the romantic relationship.
1: Yes. You're dealing with a very highly calculating, manipulative person when you've got one of these underneath you and and your responsibility is to manage them. You're now. Yes. You just described that to a T. And. It can be two different scenarios, right? This has happened to me where all of a sudden you get promoted as manager and these people at one point were your coworkers Mm -hmm. or you're coming on in brand new as their manager. And these people are already looking at you like, I want to be able to do what I was doing before and get away with things. And uh, I have to play this game so that I can do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah or you know a third scenario you've been managing and it's going great you've got a great team around you and then this poisonous individual comes in as sweet as sweet as pie um so yeah there's a there's a few different scenarios that that can arise there yeah. um but then they're basically they're basically envious uh jealous very overambitious um and they've got all that kind of bad mix going on so you'll notice you'll notice things beginning to change the energy in the place will begin to change uh, things will start to go wrong that haven't you know gone wrong before and you won't be able to get to the root cause of it until slowly it begins to dawn if you get more information in maybe from other you know other employees saying things and people keep saying things to you you know, and you begin to kind of begins to add up in your mind and it stays at the back of your mind. And then what I would call again, the devaluation phase comes in and they start to, the narcissist will start to, you know, you give them instructions or whatever as to what you want done that day. And they'll do the exact opposite of what you said. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing some bells. Yeah. Ding dong. I'm getting itchy. I'm getting itchy thinking about it. Yeah. And then Trace, how about this? They will come to you. You will say, oh, you know, um, that's not actually what I meant. I meant, you know, for you to do this. And they'll go, oh, oh I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you will be going, hey, that's a bit of an overreaction, you know, and they will be particularly if there's other people there. And you begin to feel like you're the big, bad wolf or even a bully. Yes. Going, No, no, no. It's OK. It's OK. So then they kind of go into the victim role and they will like other people to be witnessing this. Yep. And you'll be going, this is torture because you know that they know that you know what they're doing and they're doing it and they're doing it very convincingly like as if you're giving them a really hard time and they're just doing their really best to please you and you can't be pleased yes they
1: set you up yeah they set you up and they their whole thing is to bring about this confusion because if they got you confused and you go on home scratching your set your head saying gee was i direct about that or maybe it's me that's what the whole purpose is, so that they can get what they want out of the situation, which is to do less work, which is to maybe get your job. But you know, ultimately, in the in the instance of all that, they're going to still bring down the office with this with this behavior, right? They're going to bring down the work environment.
0: <clears throat> you're you're going to notice, as we said in the last videos, you're going to notice people looking at you sideways. You're going to notice a lot of arguments going on in in the office or the wherever you're working, the shop floor. You're going to notice kind of people going off in little groups. Um, It's just it's it's really the best way to describe it is it's as if evil seeps in. And I'm not just saying that lightly. It's disgusting. It's disgusting what they're doing. They're trying to undermine you. If they want your job in particular, they will talk about you behind your back. Mm-hmm. They will pit people against you. They will pit your boss against you. They mm-hmm. will um, steal from you. They'll set you up. They'll yep. actually set you up for failure. And this is one thing. This is one thing that actually happened to me when I was actually off and the narcissist kind of took charge. They kind of take charge like as if they act like you, they, they copy you like, like in school when someone might've copied you, like worn the same dress, they take on your character and your characteristics. And you can hear this and it's a really weird thing to see someone else acting you, you know, on on the, on the creepy, creepy. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's exactly what I do. And you're, it's really creepy. Yeah. But what they'll do is they'll pretend, supposing you've set things up nicely. It's your day off and you've set, excuse me, you've set things up so that it'll go, you know, everything's in place. And maybe someone will ring from head office uh, for the information that you've laid, laid out for the narcissist to give. And they'll say, Oh, Oh, Oh gosh. Um, sorry, she's left nothing here. And, uh, I don't really know. Um you know, I've been doing this on my own. They'll just lie. They will lie. Straightforward lie. Yes. Straight up lie. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes, I went through this um, I can remember this on so many occasions like the same thing you're describing. The same thing. Oh. Uh, I I set up the turkey drive-through for the community because uh treat and and when I and and I was there all day uh, and Tracy was in her office. Yeah. Tracy was dealing with the phone calls, with with the setting up for the next day, with this, that, the other thing. And they'll they'll say, Oh yeah, she wasn't present. She wasn't here. <laughs> when I set it up that way so that I could take care of everything else back in the, you know, back upstairs. And they were all downstairs. I had everything. Oh yeah. Take they'll take credit for that. They'll say that you, you know, anything they can
0: think of to make it look like you're you're the delinquent. Yeah you're incompetent yeah. you don't care you haven't given proper instructions there's something wrong with you you must be going through something it's 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 a total misrepresentation of you and it's to discredit the boss in everybody's eyes so that if something does actually happen you know if the boss does make a mistake that can be capitalized on because the background has been set for people to believe, you know, that, that you're having a breakdown or something or that you don't care or that you're crooked, you know, yes. that you're corrupt or.
1: Yes. Yes. I feel like with these people, <clears throat> I can already tell that you're a fair, you're a fair manager. You're a fair boss. It's like with these people, the more competent you are, the more fair, the more g- great of a boss you are, the worse they are. It like sets them into like a frenzy.
0: Uh Absolutely. And actually, like narcissists, always see fairness and kindness as weakness. Yes. They just think, oh, what an idiot I have here. I have a right fool here. You know, yes. have that clue. And then they see that as a kind of a way in and they don't like it either because they don't believe in good. I, I, I don't believe that they believe in good or fair. They think, you know, that you have an agenda because you're being nice and fair. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they think you're a phony, and right away they're look. Yeah, they're. It's the same thing we were talking about last week. They're always they'll they'll keep the gaze going. They're staring at you. They've got the smile on their face, and they're studying you, and they're looking for the loopholes. They're looking for what's wrong with her. There's got to be something wrong with her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the weakness, or what can I play on? Yeah, definitely. Um. So how do you how do you manage them? Um, they're the most difficult people in the world to manage what you said in a work situation because they're resistant to being managed. Yes. And they, they, re- they cannot stand having
1: to uh, have anything to do with any type of authority, let alone in the workplace. So as you were saying earlier, if you tell them to go do A and B, they're going to do C and D just because you needed A and B done. So they're purposefully now going to go do things that don't even need to be done, things you didn't ask them to do. And then they're going to play this, this role of like, I, I had no idea. You made it sound as though I had to do, um, uh, you know, C and D or, or whatever. And, and so th- the thing of it is with these people, um, I think, I think in the beginning, I don't know what you think, Paula, but once you see this, this kind of thing happening, you right away have to set them up with like 30 day object, you know, 30 day goals. We're going to meet every 30 days. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to start uh, just so everyone's clear. I'm going to, I'm going to, if I give you directions, I'm going to follow that up in an email and you let them know off the get go. Oh, what you are getting away with—it's not going to happen anymore. And you hold them. Yeah, you have to hold them accountable. And that way, there, there's a paper trail on them mm-hmm. that you can you can present that they're doing this because otherwise, it's going to—they're going to run circles around you, and uh, they're going to be like, "No." When she called me, she said this, and it's a—it's sort of the same thing you're going to deal with if you have one as a boss, but now you over them. I think you can really uh, you can use this as a, uh, as experienced now, even in personal relationships of you have to hold them accountable and they hate that. So they're either going to leave or they're just, as they're there, they're going to, they're always causing trouble. They're going to continue to cause trouble and ruckus in the office until people realize
0: they're the cancer in, in this place uh, that's creating all this trouble, right? Yeah. If, if they happen to, gotten people to leave because of their actions and even gotten you into a stage where you just want to leave and give up. So if you education and awareness about them in the workplace is essential. And I think it's coming into more workplaces, but I was thinking Trace just before we came on, like, well, what would you say to people in relation to how to manage a narcissist? And just what you said about the documentation is again, crucial. Um, what they're banking on is you, falling into their trap and acting in an emotional way and getting upset about their antics and their games so that you look like you you're losing it yeah yeah so the main thing is to to not get personalize it and not get emotional about it you have to just say to yourself i accept that i have a narcissist working here as an employee and i need to deal with this so you need to show no emotion and no personalization because that's what they're looking to, to hang you on. Um, I guess you have to document and it's a pain, it's a, it's a pain and it's a stress, but yeah, you have a cancer in, so you, you need to give it chemotherapy basically. Yeah. Um, and you need to have your sessions. You need to, what you said, set goals and hold them accountable, have it down in writing. It's probably, it's great if you're working with a place that has a HR department that they can work in conjunction with you. Yeah. If they're, if they're legitimate, <laughs> yeah, if they're, if the narcissist has <laughs> legit. already yeah. complained about you, maybe bullying them or something. Yeah. That's the other way they go. Um, yeah. So you need to write down, you know, what you instructed them to do and what they actually did with that instruction. You need to not react to them in any kind of way, emotionally. And I would say, if you are giving them an instruction, try and do it when there's other people around so you have some kind of, you know, witnesses to that. Yes.
1: Yes. I have them sign off on things, have them always put a signature on, okay, we all, we agree that you have to work on these things. They're going to try to dodge any type of responsibilities. They, they're also notorious for, uh, they're very, uh, careless. They're careless people. They're irresponsible people. They're lazy people. They don't want to do work. So they're going to do, uh, they're going to make excuses as to why they didn't get there. They're notorious for excuses, notorious for it. And they love to throw in things like they love to tell you about what's going on in their personal life. A lot of times so that they can play on your heartstrings so that you can be like, Oh, well, you know, Becky's going through all this stuff and I, and I feel so bad that she has to come in here and have all these responsibilities. And so you have to almost sort of be cold yeah. with them yeah. and, and not let them see that you feel sorry for them or that, because they're always going to have an excuse.
0: Yeah. They're, I mean, they're con artists, they're working angles. So, you know, if that if, if you if they can get your sympathy, if that works, they'll go in there. If they can't get your sympathy, they'll try something else to get you annoyed about something. Whatever way they can see they're having an effect on you to their yeah. to their benefit, they will use that manipulation tactic. So yeah. so mirrors the the romantic relationship. But it's it's dangerous in a work situation because they can really set you up if you're not careful. So it's your job like at stake. And if that's what they're after
1: their job while they're there is to think about what they're going to do next. Imagine, you know, <clears throat> I know. I was talking to you the other day and we were saying, like, imagine if these people actually put their efforts towards good things, like towards actually coming in the office and getting work done or towards being passionate about the work they're doing, what would actually, you know, what could happen in this world? <laughs> imagine putting all that time and effort into, Hmm. As you know, you're on your lunch break. What can I do this afternoon
0: that's really gonna <laughs> flip this place around? Like I know. I mean, it has to come from a bad spirit because it's it's yeah. just unbelievable the amount of energy that goes into destroying things. Yes.
1: You know, my dad, my, my father was an employer for his entire life. He did all the hiring and firing. He was um, a plant manager for a factory. He's still there. He hasn't retired yet. I bet you he never will. <laughs> he's cut down on his hours, but he's a workaholic. So anyway, <laughs> I remember him telling me one day when I was getting into managing and he was like, just remember Tracy. Any t- anytime that someone uh, gets fired or leaves, uh, he said, uh, that's on you. You you. You have to remember that. He said, he said, that's, how did he say it? That's, uh, something you have to take a look at as well. Like you played a re- you played a responsibility in that, and I appreciated that he said it to me that way because it never made me feel like, well, I'm the boss and you're down here and that's just the way it is and whatever I say goes. Like he kind of taught me that. Like, yeah, you. F- that's how he said it. He said you failed too. You failed too. If somebody, le-. so I don't know now that I agree with that, but this is years ago <laughs> he said this to me, and I, uh, I. I did take that to heart anytime that would happen. Um, And I always, I guess what it did though, uh, what I'm trying to say, Paula is it did get me to look at, was there anything I could have done to keep this person here? Did I learn from this? Would I have done that the same? Would I, would I change things up if this happens again? Uh, But when it comes to a narcissist, Mm -hmm. you can't even take that, 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 you know, statement that he gave me and use that in 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 a good, healthy manner uh while you're trying to think about
0: your role in a place, right? Yeah, exactly. Because look, I mean, normal people, a people of empathy, will give people chances. Yeah. So you know after giving maybe the first or second chance whether a person is genuinely sorry because they show it by their actions, don't they? They're, you know. Yes. Chances to narcissists are just part of, you know, the early stages of the game. Yes. They will up their game. Yes. Until you really cop on that what you're dealing with is not someone who's genuine at all. I also think, uh, I think in general,
1: when people come into a new, uh, a new environment, a new work environment, Or, or dynamics change, a new person comes in to manage them, or there's more, there's new employees all of a sudden around them. I think everybody, don't you think for the most part, just tries to see almost what the boundaries are going to be, even if they're a narcissist or not, people are checking temperatures, people are checking the office do's and don'ts, people are seeing what the, you know, what's the day to day things around here? What can I get away with? Because let's face it, most people are stuck in nine to five jobs that they are there for paychecks. And now some people are there because they're there for the right reasons and they actually like to go to work, but it's very rare. <laughs> you know, uh, if if you ask anybody, would you rather uh, work from home or would you rather do this or that? People would say, yeah, I would, but I'm here. I, I need to feed my family. So I think in general, people do this, right? But the difference between people just kind of sort of seeing what they can get away with. And a narcissist is they're never stopping this. I mean, you can, the thing is they're going, they're going to dig their own grave, right? You can sit there with them and say, we're going to meet every 30 days and see if you reached your goals. We're going to, you know, we're going to set this up for you. And it doesn't mean that you micromanage because as you and I were talking, that doesn't work. (laughs) Okay. That's, that sends everybody out the door. Um, But it's, it's, it's this piece of holding them accountable, which they hate it they hate it <laughs> so they're, they're gonna set themselves up they're gonna set themselves up for failure it's going to happen I mean I don't know in your experience um if you've seen that or how long they end up lasting but I feel like it's 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 just a matter of time before they they if you're doing everything right they're gonna leave because they realize I don't have any wiggle room here
0: <laughs> right Wiggle room is a good way to put it yeah um They usually do. Usually over time, people do cop on or they will trip themselves up. That's what you were saying, Trace. They will. Because they're very clever. They're very manipulative. But they're so entitled that they overstep the mark. They kind of feel that they can get away with anything. And they do burn the bridges. They do kind of make the mistake that you can pin them on. But you have to do it in such a methodical way such a non-emotional way and you have to become really cold and really you know factual and not who you want to be but that's the only way in my opinion you can deal with these people
1: yes i say to anyone that's watching this let's say you have you're in the customer service or sales they are going to have bad rapport with customers it's going to happen it's 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 inevitable and if you're really trying to build a case because they've got this, this show that they're putting on in the, in the, in the uh, workplace, uh, or even if it's, it's a sales position and um, they can, they can create problems from working from home. They can create problems. doesn't have to be within like an environment that they get to go cubicle to cubicle. They can do, uh, they can create a bunch of damage just by not doing any work and pretending they do. But I suggest that you guys uh, do quality assurance checks. You're constantly asking customers uh, how how was your experience with this person, so that way there you can you can see what's happening because they're going to tell on themselves by their behavior.
0: Am I right? Yeah, definitely. They can only hold us. They can only put the act on for so long. Yeah, you need to have evidence. You need mm-hmm. what you said. You need to do that. You need to have your quality checks if you can do that. And hopefully you don't have a narcissistic boss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you do have someone over you that is like that, they'll get in co with them against you. But it's, yeah, there are things you can do to protect yourself and your situation and make it no wiggle room for them, make it as difficult as possible for them to play their games. Um, do, Do you know another thing I was thinking, you know, as we were coming on, if someone is interviewing people, how do you tell if you're interviewing people that you might be interviewing the narcissist. Oh, that's a good one, right? I see. You got
1: to prepare some, some really good questions on that interview. I mean, some of my favorite questions, believe it or not, we're asking them more about themselves. Like, so, you know, what do you, what do you like to do? Like, you know, what are your hobbies and interests? Um, um, I used to like to ask them to. Uh, have you ever had difficulty before with a manager in, in the past? And could you explain what that looked like f- for me? Or how do you how do you prefer to be managed? What is your manage? you know, what, what type of things do you need for support when somebody's managing you? And these sorts of questions, I think, might kind of get you into their personality. Now, of course, we all know <laughs> we've all been duped by the narcissist. And they're going to sit there and they're going to tell you everything you want to hear. Um, but I would, I would think maybe going into my, um, my, uh, my video on body language because their body language always gives them away. I feel like now I really look at their eye contact, um, yeah, how much they're paying attention in the interview, or if they're just kind of like you can tell they're not engaged at all by their body language, but they're just there to like put on a show and, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I, I feel now, like if I was to go back again and manage, I don't know. I mean, maybe I would be all wrong, but it's, t- this is a tough one because not like, much. as I said, they they really can put on that they are going to be your top notch employee. And like you said, they could follow that out for several months even years thinking I got a good employee here, and all the while they're setting you up, they're creating drama, trouble. They're 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 harmful to the clients. They're doing all sorts of things under your nose you don't even know until all of a sudden you do. And at that which point you have to start this paper trail on them. You have to show uh, exactly what it is that you're hearing about and doing. I always say this too, Paul. I don't know about you, but don't take take things at face value. Sometimes customers lie. Sometimes other employees are jealous because that person is doing very well. So you almost, I don't, I feel like as a manager, it's almost like you have to be an investigator all the time. Did you, do you feel that way?
0: Yeah. Um, especially with the complaint process. Um, the, the way I usually handle that personally would be over a time period because you're always going to get, if you're in the public sector, you're always going to get the public complaining. So, I kind of look on it statistically over time. If there's a huge amount of complaints about one person and what was the complaint about, was it because the customer couldn't get their way over a price or something? Or if there's a consistency to the complaints in relation to the person's attitude, then you can kind of figure it out. Can't you, you know? Yeah. I'll
1: I'll tell you what, anybody watching this video, including you, Paula, I give props to anybody out there in, in this day and age that can manage, I think it was, is one of the most challenging, uh, experiences you're ever going to have in life because you have to off the bat deal with so many different personalities, right? And now you're sitting in a meeting with all these personalities and everybody seems to be, uh, everybody needs different things. Like, how you would manage one person, I feel like, is not how you, you would manage this person. And if you're a good manager, you're not going to be, like, grade school teacher. Like, no, this is six hours a day. This is how we do it. Like, you're going to try to see what the individual needs and what's going to help them and 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 work around that. And it's not
0: easy. Mm. It's, it's not. And, Trace, I don't know if you found this, but I found having a narcissist in the woodpile was really not only did it make it difficult to manage the narcissist, but it made it difficult to do your job in managing other people. Because what you said, you know, the customized approach to people because everyone's needs are different. So every, every institution or whatever has a set of rules. And so how can I say this in the right way? So without breaking the rules, sometimes you need to bend the rules a little bit towards facilitating an unusual situation where there's yes. extenuating circumstances. If you have a narcissist watching you, that's down in their notebook for, and she did this, you know, yes. she didn't keep the rules. She did this like, and it's, you know what I'm, you know what I'm Yes, see you're using the, the rules are there as a, a general guide and you have to work around, you know, situations as a manager. So the narcissist, if you even go a, a percentage off the, the playbook, they have you, you know, they're going yeah. to use that against you.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. It's, it's a sick, it like I said, managing to, to begin with is challenging. And now when you have these narcissists underneath you if you have more than one god bless you because it's it's horrific it's horrendous and as you said they gather together they're they're pack hunters they're they're gonna find the same frequency of people in the office and they're going to to use that to try to create trouble and drama and chaos and uh sometimes they're just doing it for sheer entertainment i mean not only to like play these games to keep their job but just to sit back and watch, you know, the ship go down, and and as you said, they'll go above you. They they'll they'll pull. They're sneaky people. They're very sneaky people. You got to sneak in the office, um, and you have to understand that you you can't trust them. You can't trust them at all. They have no qualms, no problems whatsoever. Being unethical. Uh, these are the people you wouldn't even know are doing things. They're lying on on on. Uh, documentation that is, uh, that is, you know, it's illegal to do. They'll do it. They'll yes. forge signatures.
0: They'll do whatever. Oh yes, they will. They will. <laughs> I can't say any more, but yes, you've really hit the nail on the head there in a situation I'm in at the moment. Yes, they will. They're, they're bad. They're, they're bad. They will lie. They will steal. They will get into fraud they love the chaos. It actually entertains them. Um, it's what else can you say except evil? I mean, what is yeah. evil if it's not that? You know, it's causing wanton destruction, upsetting so many people. Yeah. Are enjoying it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll
1: tell you the ones that I did have working underneath me when the day came that I had to tell them this is their last day there would be this feeling of me like, that is what you get. Like there, it it was like a relief, you know, and they would, they would go out there screaming and crying and taking fits or, or, you know, it's funny when, when they, when they finally, like the the jig is up, it's there, you're done. We're done with you. It's like, how dare you? You know what I mean? Like, how dare you not allow me to be a narcissist in here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you think that there's narcissist language and the, how dare you? Have you heard that with narcissists so many times? How dare you? How dare you? How yep. dare you? You know, it's-, it's like, this is your fault.
1: Yeah. You did this. You wanted me out of here from the beginning. Um, no, you know, it's like, it, it's, it, there's no point in arguing with these people. You just let them have their, their say as they're kicking and screaming out the door. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> you know, and you feel for the next place of employment, they're going to, like, you feel for those people, like, you know, what's coming. I it's like, you wish you could have a warning on these people, you know? And now they've changed the laws. I don't know about in Ireland, but they've changed the laws in America where like, you have to watch what you say on the phone about someone. Cause that could be used against you in a court of law. And um, you know, some people don't care and they'll, they'll be honest with other employees and say other employers and say, you don't want this person, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, but it's, it's a legal battle. If you, you really have to watch how you say it. And uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I, you know, I think the same for you, Paula, you probably always were told since you were a kid, you had leadership skills, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And what's worse, <laughs> but it's like, we have like the recipe for disaster. We have leadership skills and we're an empath.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like um, a narcissist play thing. It's like, we're like a doll, you know, you could pull the string out of the back and the doll would talk. That's what we're like to a narcissist unless we're, we're educated. We're an awoke, uh, and man, uh, empath manager. Correct.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's hard. I-, I say to anybody watching this too, you really, before you go into management, you have to really ask yourself, do you know who you are and do you know, uh, uh, your boundaries and what are they, because you're going to have to be putting as hard as it is to look someone dead in the eye and be like, we're not doing that here. You know, I, 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 you're, this is not how it's going to be. And you, you're not allowed to, you, we're not, we're not doing that. Right. And if that happens again, ABCD is going to happen. And that's the end of it. Uh, I mean, you have to be really strong in knowing who you are and knowing, uh, This, this is my line in the sand. It's like, it's like the relation, it's like an intimate relationship. You can't go into an intimate relationship now, having been educated about narcissistic abuse and thinking that, uh, you know, I can, I, I can be a little sloppy and bend here and there, as you were saying, some people that are not narcissists, they're going to need some help from time to time. Life does happen. We all know this. Things happen in life that are unpredictable. They're going to be asking for time off. It's going to be chaotic. You have to find someone to do their schedule and work with the. And it goes like this. You know how it goes. One day you got everything together. The next day, three people are out and you're, you're trying to figure this out. It's, it's challenging. Yeah. So i say that you have to just know your ultimate goal in there. And if you don't have the support above you that is going to help you do your job,
0: oh, forget it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I know. Um, and, and the other thing, Trace, is, you know, if you're going into a job as a manager, you're not there to be liked. I mean, you're not there to be disliked either, but if you're looking for friends in that position, you know, when you're looking for people to like you, you're on a highway to nowhere because, yes. yeah, unfortunately, if there's a narcissist in the back.
1: 100%. If you're a people pleaser, do not take a management position. And I think when I started, I was a people pleaser. I just wanted everybody to to be happy and to like me and and all of that. And that does not work. (laughs) Um, As a matter of fact, that that's going to be to your demise, to your detriment. You're gonna you're gonna uh, it's going to be a lot harder if you're worrying
0: about what people think of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as you said, you have to know yourself and to know that when you make strict decisions or hard decisions. But it's not about who you are. It's just that you're just doing your job. You have to disassociate to a certain extent your personality from the role that you have to.
1: Yeah. Did you ever take, um, I'm curious to know, I took a lot of management trainings. And um, I remember the, there was one about <laughs> all the different personalities you're going, you're going to see within a workplace environment. Like you've got the passive aggressive one over here. You got the one that's always raising their hand in the meeting because they just want to hear themselves talk. <laughs> you have the one that's like not paying attention and you're like, <laughs> you know, Jess, did you hear that? Huh? You know, and I remember like learning, and it made me laugh because I was like, that's really <laughs> am I right? Like all those personalities exist. You got the one that's talking over everyone, that's the interrupter. Um, that's probably the one that wants to hear themselves talk all the time. You got the, you know, and it's funny when you're facilitating a meeting, that's literally, it's like you're managing you have You have to even manage a meeting, how a meeting
0: happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think in the workplace, people kind of, if there's, if there's a structure, it's like a bit like school, you know, and you're, if you're the manager, you kind of become a bit like the teacher in certain settings. If people aren't of a certain education or level or of maturity, mm-hmm it kind of reverts back into that kind of classroom mentality. And yeah. literally, yeah, you've got the, you know, the 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 attention seeker in the class and you've got the one that's not going to cooperate yeah, or the attention deficient, you know, and it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's and it's, then
1: if, if you, oh, if you got the, if you got the narc boss on, ahead of on top of you, you're, you're in a, you're in a nightmare. I can remember, I'll give you guys an example. Um, I'll never forget this as long as I shall live. My uh, how did this happen now? My direct my director had moved to Iowa. Now I'm in Connecticut. Or uh, at the time, Rhode Island. Where I was working out of Rhode Island, living on Rhode Island, working on Rhode Island. It's right next to Connecticut. Anyway. She moved to uh, Iowa thinking she was still going to be our director. Why? Because our directors are all from New Hampshire. They're all, they were all up north. And um, we had a, our regional director that was above her was in New Hampshire. And he came down to Rhode Island and uh, he was asking all the uh, employees, who would you want to see in here be your manager? And everybody said, Tracy. So he comes to me and he said, uh, they all want to see you managing here. He's like, but we have to go through an entire training this summer. And he goes, but before we even get into that, he goes, I, this is your, this is your objective. I don't want to see one client leave here the entire summer. If you can, if you can make that happen, I will promote you to director. I said, challenge accepted. I said, but now you're going to have to let me run job club. This was something I had said years ago to him. We needed, we needed this job club that people uh, experiencing uh, uh, a cognitive and um, uh, cognitive disabilities needs, to, you know, uh, some of our uh, uh, mild MR clients and, and such need to come to feel like they can talk to one another about how hard it is to find a job. And we come up with ideas that, you know, a whole type type of thing I'm putting together for them to come to. We're going off, we're pairing with each other, we're we're applying to jobs, we're having a good time. This is a place that they go once a week. I said, you told me that that wouldn't work years ago. I said, so let me implement that. He said, fine, I don't care what you do. We can't have any clients leaving here. I said, fine. Lo and behold, not only that summer, did nobody leave, but the 30 something clients that didn't have jobs beforehand had jobs by the end of the summer. And I had my team helping me with this, you know, it was a great idea. So to make a long story short, that the reason I stayed with this job was because they used to allow me to take all my vacation time at one time so that my brother and I could go tour. And so I would take a month's worth of vacation time and leave. Somebody else would help me with my caseload and I would leave. And and so this director, who I hardly knew, uh, had been been there, uh, I think he was at this point considered the vice president there. I don't even know his title. Never saw him, never was in Rhode Island. All of a sudden calls me up, uh, Scott's going to be doing this. I'm coming in and I'm going to be your new director. Okay. So he spends one day with me. One day with me out in the field to, you know, having me see what I'm doing there, how I'm running things. He says, one of the first things he says to me is, well, most of our directors uh, don't go on tour with their band and leave for a month. And I said to him, well, most of your directors, uh, you know, uh, don't know how to run an office, Maybe. I said, and I do. I was very confident. I said, I know what to do when I leave. And it's worked before and it can work again. Anyway, I remember right before I left for tour, he already had an opinion of me with my bleach blonde hair and you know, uh being in a band. He wanted, he wanted someone that lived, eat, ate, breathed the place. And already he had an opinion that I can't do both. I can't, I can't live my dream and and work for you guys and do a good job at it. So I already had that in mind. I stayed up. I can't even tell you, Paul. My brother and I were leaving early in the morning. I stayed up. I pulled an all-nighter to make these folders for everybody in the office that literally had their case notes, um, the, the, the paperwork and documentation they needed, uh, the background on all of their clients, a place where everything was for all of them, which I kept thinking having been there for, I think, at that point, maybe it had been five years, I saw this is what's needed. Everybody needs to have a place to keep everything together. So it's making their job easier. And I remember he was on the phone and, and he was on the phone. We had him on the, um, on the, you know, the speaker phone while we're having our meeting. Um, uh, Then it was that next morning. And I think I was leaving the very next day anyway, I'm giving everybody their folders that I made and they're all going, Trace, this is amazing. Oh my goodness. Like, thank you so much. They were all, he goes, what's that? What are you doing there? What are are you handing out to everybody? And I said, well, I put these folders together for everybody to have a place to, uh, and uh, to have all of their things. And I, I was just staying up all night to get this done for them because I know it's needed. We get off that phone call and everybody's ranting and raving. We get off the phone call. He calls me and he says, don't ever do that again. I said, do what again? I said, I'm not expensing this. I, I paid for all the materials. I, I don't care. I, I printed out everything from my house. I didn't even use the work printer. I'm not asking for any money. I just want, don't ever do that again without asking me. And I said, and that's when I knew what I was dealing with. And I said, but you just heard them all in there. Everybody needs to, to have, uh, everyone is organized differently and that's not going to work. And you're going to find that out. Guess what? Two or three years after that, guess who was implementing that? Everybody had their folder on them. Every time he came into the office that I, that I, that I implemented.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and he he undermined me in front of everybody because they all saw my face when I came out of the back room and was just like, I was floored, I was floored. And I, I and I'm thinking, did I do something wrong? Cause they get you thinking
0: that, you know? Yeah. And bec- he was threatened because you were getting attention. You came up with a better idea and by you being the, the topper dog, so to speak, that was putting him in the inferior position, Threatened very fragile ego and narcissist, yeah, uh, yeah, and then took your idea on board as his, yeah. So, oh, my chair has just gone.
1: Whoa, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this is. You're, you're taking
0: off into <laughs> New York City, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting back to Ireland. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um,
1: yeah. but yeah. when you don't have that support from above you, you're destined to it, It's it's just like. If you don't have that above you and you don't have it below you, it's
0: it's going to be hell. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, You you, certainly to do with a narcissist who's working under you. You sure do need some support from above. You're in a terrible sandwich if the narcissist is above you and below you. Um, It's a dreadful situation. And I think the only way out of it is to leave in that circumstance. I know that sounds very kind of. um. What would you say? Yep. Like you're running away. But sometimes if you're in that situation, it's too much head stress and yep. destruction in other ways. And, and, you know, when you were telling me that story, Trace, I remember getting advice when I had a narcissist above me as a boss, getting advice from a guy who was the most the nicest guy. He, he was working with me as a volunteer and he was so streetwise, but he was a real nice guy. Good guy. He said to me, oh, Paula, because something like that happened with me. He said, if only I'd known, you know, I, I have your man's measure. He said, my boss's measure. If only I'd known you were going to do this, I would have told you, uh-uh. you know, you just you become like robotic with a narcissist boss. You just you don't come up with ideas, you know, unless you want to give them to them. You just do everything they want you to do and you don't have a personality and you don't do anything. Yeah. Don't use your yep. initiative. Your initiative is a, tr- a tress.
1: Yes. Yes. It's like, that's just it. If you have one of these as your boss, don't expect to be creative. Don't expect it to, to come up with anything that it, it will be stolen from you. You will be uh, undermined for it. You're go- you're going to be made a fool of. They love to do that too. Narcissistic boss will try to make you look like a fool in front of your own employees. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a power trip to these people. And um, and then you know, like I've I said in the last videos, uh, if you've got one at the top, it's. Crap trickles down and you're going to see it throughout the entire place. That's just the unfortunate truth. You got a narcissist business owner or a narcissist boss. You're going to find that they're going to look for people that are just like them to be running the majority
0: of the, of the operations, day-to-day operations. Yeah. Because they, they understand each other. They respect Mm -hmm. each other because they know what they're dealing with, with, um, with an empath. They're, they're threatened by an empathic person because deep down the narcissist feel inferior and they just can't face that. And they see you coming up with your ideas and that's just not a good look for them.
1: Yes. Yes. And they, they um, like we were saying before, they get into these positions uh, they're They're so far removed from what goes on day to day that they come up with these ideas that aren't even, that, that don't even make sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and they'll they'll run with them no matter how much money they're wasting or it's just yeah. because it,
1: it was their own. It was their idea their and own. they don't care about the clients. They don't care about the populations you happen to be working with. They don't care and uh and it's so it's so obvious they don't even it's so funny when they would come down and actually have to deal with clients they were so uncomfortable around the clients like you could see like why are you even here and it's it was the money it's the money you know the state and federal money there's a lot to be handed out and uh and and these private agencies would get a lot and and do a lot of crooked stuff and to get that money um and uh you could just it's it's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, go on and on and on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paula, do you think that we we sort of mapped it out of what you're going to be dealing with when you have these people underneath you and what you should do?
0: Yeah, I think we did. And I think your advice about the about interviewing them so that, you know, you can maybe avoid us initially getting them in was great and the other thing I'd say is to use that body language and to ask them searching questions they can even get by that if they're practiced enough especially the older ones and the other thing I would say would just be to use your gut in an interview and trust your gut you know if you kind of think something I can't put my finger on about this person then don't finger on that person get just go to the other person that you kind of put you yeah.
1: you know back in the day we would say job jumpers were red flags people that didn't stay at jobs for too too long I don't know now necessarily I wouldn't know now necessarily that that's always true because I think there has been a movement I want to say since the pandemic especially where people are tired of this People are tired of being treated terribly and people have no qualms now about get about sticking up for themselves because they're getting educated about narcissism and things of this nature. And I feel like uh, people, are, if they're recognizing I'm in an unhealthy situation, I'm getting out. I'm not staying here. So that doesn't always, I don't feel necessarily mean <clears throat> that somebody is, uh, is, is necessarily a bad candidate, but it could. And you do need to look at that commitment. Uh, their passions. What are they really interested in? What do they know about the company? Did they do any of any research about what it is you actually do? Or are they just there for a paycheck? And these sorts of things are going to get, get you to understand, you know, everyone has their reasoning for jobs. Some people are in school. Some people are, but you definitely don't want to get a candidate in there that has no interest whatsoever. They're there for the money because
0: they're not going to care and they're, and and it's going to show it's going to show in their work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you, if you can, once you have an employee in there, um, just as this this is an aside. But if you can do assessments and do kind of, I think doing regular assessments with people and getting their feedback and giving your feedback, I'd love to see a different type of employment. You know, coming on board where people were going to be more part of an organization instead of being employees and could contract with each other to get more benefits out of the work situation. Because I think people want something different from the work situation now. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. people, People are craving more of a balance. That's really what you're seeing. And people have had enough with getting harassed when they come home from work and, and it never stops. It's constantly on your mind there. And if it's not, they're putting it in, in your mind. Uh, no one wants to live like that. Nobody. Um, and it's not right. You know, there, there needs to be a workplace, uh, home life balance. And, and people need to see that if, if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you can't sleep and this is on your mind and you're starting to feel sick going into work, this is not good. This is not good at all. Oh, yeah.
0: No way. Okay, thank you Will I fly home now? This is my chair <laughs> I'm gonna take off. <laughs> I just love this setup that Keith put with the New York picture in the back. Um, it's
1: awesome. It's awesome. I am, um, yeah. You and I are talking about all the things we need to start doing, and um, <laughs> we'll be doing more of those things that we're learning about, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's funny to be a a content creator. <laughs> no. What's <laughs> my that's silly short video the other day that some people did not
0: understand? <laughs> when you were doing the like as if you were drugged, like oh, I am this. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was very funny. To be honest with you, <laughs> I thought it was very funny because you got the joke. <laughs> yeah, I got the joke. I sure did. I. Sure did. Um, um, uh, you have to have fun. You, you know, that's another thing. You have to have fun. You have to just try and. Yes.
1: I mean, how many years did you and I not laugh about anything and nothing was funny? Like, you know what I mean? When you get to when you can get this back, like you're not you're not getting rid of that. I mean, it it took years to get my sense of humor back after years, years worth of narcs in the office, narc partners, narc friends. Um, And I'm still, you know, I'm still (laughs) me. There still was maintenance recently in the last six months. Get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't tolerate that. Here's take a hike, you know. And I feel like that's just how it, it's gonna be now, you know. When people aren't on our wavelength. It's it's all right. You go your way, I'll go mine. Yep. Oh, real quick, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as the, those of you that have been following our workplace series and know that there was the fart the farter in the office, the farter is back, Paula. No. In the office? I thought she was fired. <laughs> so my client thought she was fired too, and she shows up a week later, they suspended her.
0: Oh my God. The
1: farter is back, everyone.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Like you were
1: saying, and it makes me laugh so hard. There's really nothing in the HR book about farting around the office. No, I I think for those employers listening to this, you might want to add this into your HR, into your,
0: into your employee handbook. (laughs) What what would they say to let her come back? Like, you know, you must not fart in the office or you'll have to, you know, you'll be suspended again. Like, what do you? Ask? Well, that's a real tricky one for an employer to have to deal with. <laughs> you
1: know? Can you, can you imagine my poor client turning around and there she is? She's back, putting her stuff back in her office space.
0: No, I doubt. De- I think I'd have to leave. I just I can not oh. bear that.
1: And the excuse she was using going around the office is that I'm on all this medication. I'm bipolar. I've been diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia telling everyone now, all of a sudden now she has all these problems. That's why she farts in the office.
0: I think I'd be a bit narcissistic and I think I'd leave a, a, a wine fork on her, her, her desk or something. And say hey, You might find this useful with your medical problems. <laughs> you know where to put this. <laughs> He's going around messing with
1: everybody in the office. I would too.
0: Oh I mean, my god! This is this
1: is the, this is one of the craziest things I've literally ever heard of. So we'll we'll keep you guys informed about the farter on my channel of what's happening with that. But um, I thought you all would find that interesting,
0: <laughs> especially you, Paula. Oh, I do find things like that very humorous. You know, um, I don't know if you could maybe laugh at her or something. You know, just trying to give advice to someone like that or go and do the same beside her or something.
1: I don't know. And <laughs> I would be doing. Have I, you
0: stacking up on the beans and deviled eggs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How could you
0: prepare for it? You know what I mean? You can't. I mean, she's <laughs> not do it to order, but not everyone can. <laughs> This is a a war.
1: (laughs) You you want war, I'll give it to you, right? (laughs) Oh, too funny. Oh, it's not. I feel so bad for my client, but hopefully uh, the farter sees her, blows herself right on out of the office. (laughs) Let's hope. Well, anyway, (laughs) this has been fun, Paula. We got to find something else to do together again, because this has been great.
0: Yeah. And um, I agree. Absolutely great. <coughs> okay, Trace. Well, thanks very much. And sure, look, thank you for that shout out as well. And I'll be talking to you soon.
1: Yes, Paula. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for La- tell us, tell us what you think in the comments. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Say goodbye